Hey, Chris Manning here, Locked On Cavs Podcast, your daily look at the Cleveland Cavaliers. Coming up on today's show, we are going to talk about the Cavs win over the Nuggets, another win for the Cavs in the Mile High City, their second win in a row, second win over a good NBA team. So we'll dive into that. We'll dive into how Kevin Love has been playing pretty well and was one of the key figures in that win over the Nuggets. And we're going to talk about the return of Darius Garland after he missed two games with an ankle injury. That is all coming up today on Lockdown Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Lockdown sent you because Rock, rock Auto is great and you should support them for supporting us. Stuck the landing there, guy. You are Locked On Cavs, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Look, little technical snafu. We made it's it so through. So on Brandon Hurts. I was clicking the thing. It just didn't happen. I feel 90, but I'm Chris Manning. He's Evan Damerel. Evan, how are you, buddy? I'm good, man. Well rested after a late night with the Cleveland Cavaliers taking on the Denver Nuggets. I am not physically prepared for them to take on the Clippers at 1030 Wednesday, but we'll be doing a live show to preview that later. We're a little later, but Chris and I are old folks. I went to bed after media availability around one or so. Chris was cocked out because he worked all day today. So we're doing this on a Tuesday afternoon, but we're here to talk some Cavs Nuggets. Before we get started about the Clevelands, you know, this is probably it's early in the season. But I'd say this is like one of their staple wins, but or trademark wins or something that J.B. Bickerstaff could have put a feather in his cap for. Um, Chris, how are you? I'm good. If someone would like to pay me lots of money to uh, be able to stay up late to write about the Cavs, I'm extremely available. Just give me some health insurance and like some certain amount of money, and, let, and let's 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 get let's get the business going. Um, also, as a programming note, again, as Evan Nerd will be doing a live show on our YouTube channel, and then I'll be if you want even more of me, I'll be on uh, with friend of the program Chico Mike Borman from ninety two three at nine twenty on ninety two three the fan. Listen to that on Odyssey or on your radio dial. Talking some Cavs with my guy Chico. Um, Evan, let's get into this game. Cavs win ninety nine to eighty seven. Not the yes, kind sir. of game I expected the Cavs to win. They win the fourth quarter by seven points, uh, 24 to 17 against a Denver team that hasn't quite found its full gear yet. You know, this is a Denver team that, you know, Michael Porter Jr. hasn't quite played well yet. 14 to 14, 14 to 14 from the fields for him. Uh, Jokic did Jokic things at 24 and 19. Cavs led by 22 off the bench from Kevin Love on 13 shots, including five free throws. He had six boards as well. 21 and 16 for Jared Allen. 12 and four in a, in a absolute poster dunk from Lowry marketing. Evan Mobley had not the, as big of a, of a game as he did maybe against Atlanta, but had 10 and eight to go with two assists and was four of eight from the field count sex and 14 on four of 11 shooting and Darius Garland in his return, 31 minutes, 9.7 assists against three turnovers, three rebounds and four of nine from the field and one of three from three. Uh, Cavs in this one, offensive rating of 101.2, defensive rating of 89. Uh, 
score, shot 46.3% from the field, 28% from three, 16 of 20 from the line. Uh, they doubled, and just let's just dive into the stat of that now because it's where I was going to go. They doubled up Denver on the free throw line, 16 free throws makes for the Cavs uh, on 20 attempts, and then Denver was 8 of 12 from the free throw line. So to me, that was the stat of the night. I'm just going to get that out of the way because it was just kind of there. But Evan, takeaways from this game, and, and you have a stat of the night that popped to you. Well, I think your side of the night pick is a really good one because it speaks volumes about how good this Cavs team is at playing defense without fouling. I think we're certainly going to have to talk about Jared Allen during this segment because he was just incredible. And my stat of the night pick is honestly Jared Allen being 10 of 11 from the floor. It's a shame that he wasn't perfect from the floor, but he has only missed, I think, three or four baskets in total this year. Granted, we're still in a very young season, but the efficiency and the accuracy at the rim is no joke. I know it was a really hype stat of his coming out of Brooklyn, but like definitely got to note that but like it's just a little sub stat of the night. Um, Evan Mobley has recorded a block in every single one of Cleveland's games so far. And I think that's definitely something worth keeping an eye on because he's really good at defending without fouling too. And yeah, man, this is where I'm at. But, but yeah, you had a good pick. Like, the Cavs played. The, the Cavs outworked the Nuggets from wire to wire. That was my biggest takeaway from this game. Like from the opening tip, I think like JB Bickerstaff said that Lowry Markinen dunk where he posterized Nikola Jokic, kind of set the tone and the precedent for the game. I think Ricky Rubio and Fasundo Campazo probably just butchered his first name, but oh well. They had a little bit of a dust up, and JB Bickerstaff noted that the team could have like backed away, but instead they were in Ricky's corner and they were fighting with him. And he said that's how team. That's the best part of team building. Like. This was a good win for the Cavs. Like I said at the top before we jumped into this, like this could be like one of the statement wins for JB Bickerstaff's tenure as a head coach of the Cavs. Like this is just a very good win against a very good Denver team. Granted, there's no Jamal Murray, so take it with a grain of salt. But like, I mean, Nikola Jokic was incredible. He is, is as advertised, but they contain Michael Porter Jr. and Aaron Gordon continues the disappointment with the Nuggets, I feel. But yeah, no, uh, I mean, Uncle it's. Yeah, it's the Uncle Jeff too. Yeah, I mean it's early. Like Denver is going to be a team that I mean this. Is, I think for me, if if Murray's healthy, I think they're my favorite team in the Western Conference this year. I think Jokic is obviously incredible. I mean they're they're just not at their peak level, but this doesn't that doesn't no. take away from the Cavs went on the road in a hard place to play and won. And they're uh, a mile off the ground. Did you know that? Okay, Dad. Um, I, you know I they're still like I'm still like. Did you play Ali Noir? Yeah, I did. So, so you know when like you hit doubt. Like I'm just hitting doubt like 900 times when like I'm looking at the starting lineup still because I still am just like yeah. eh, I don't know about this, but you know it well, helped. Like it, this is a game where like it could have been busted wide open and it wasn't. And I I, I want to see if that happens against you know the Clippers if that happens against the Lakers, Phoenix. You know yeah. if Mikel Bridges is shifty off ball and stuff. We'll kind of see where that goes. But Evan MVP of the night. I, we're gonna talk do a whole segment on Kevin Love up next. But he's my MVP pick, and that's all I want to say because we're gonna give him some serious flowers um in, in the next segment. Yeah, it's well deserved. He was my MVP pick. If you watch the lockdown now, or if it was on lockdown NBA, like Kevin Love has sneakily been so good coming off the bench with the Cavs. Like I thought there might have been a bit of an adjustment period. Maybe he would have been frustrated with the fact that he is a multi-time All-Star, former NBA champion. He has only come off the bench like five times in his career in like the last several years. Like in most of those games are in the NBA Finals, and he was dealing with a concussion. So like coming off the bench is a pretty foreign thing for him as of late. But 22 points on 8 of 13 shooting, he said after the game, like, listen, I'm not going to shoot the ball this well every night, but some nights you just have it and you just got to kind of roll with it. But he's been really effective. And I think 
him being so positive about the situation in Cleveland on the court and off the court. Like I've noted this when I'm at game sitting in the press box, I see him in Laurie Markkinen's ear and Evan Mobley's ear hyping them up or like talking to Jared Allen. He talked about how Jared Allen was absolutely incredible. And that's my MVP pick, by the way, it's Jared Allen. Cause Jared Allen was absolutely incredible, but I'll elaborate on that in a second. But like Kevin's being a real good vibes guy right save, now. And save, that's something it, I kind of hope he was always save really, it. Save it. Go to Jared Allen. Save I, it. I know. Go to Jared Allen. Jared Allen was incredible because JB Pickersteff matched him minute for minute with Nikola Jokic throughout the game. He played almost 37 minutes last night, but every time Jokic was on the floor, Allen was there with him. Of course, Jokic had a monster game, 24-19, but Jared Allen had 21-16. I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. And he, he was really, really good last night, and I was impressed with the performance, and I think he was key not only on defending Jokic, but he'd be switching out on Michael Porter Jr., be forced on Aaron Gordon, and he defended them well as well, too. Like, Jared Allen, and I think it speaks volumes about how good of a player he is when J.B. Bickerstaff said, it's like, there is no player I have more trust in than Jared Allen because he knows Jared Allen isn't looking to play for himself. He's looking to play for the team. Like, you kind of get that impression where he's like, he doesn't ask for plays to be called for him. He's just always available and he's always ready and he wants to maximize the rest of his teammates. And I think having that type of player who's like incredibly mature for his age, incredibly well-spoken, like when Jared Allen speaks, like I listen closely because he says the right thing. Like he doesn't beat around the bush about it. Or doesn't get blase. He answers, says about seven words and get great. this point out and he moves on. He's very succinct yep. in how he speaks. Yep. Exactly. And that's something I appreciate. And like him and like Kevin loves brutal honesty and Jake dry humor last night. It was a good game, but yeah, no Jared Allen's my MVP pick. Uh, let's keep it big in yeah. Cleveland. And to your point about the lineup stuff, like you said, the uh, doubt button, JV said they're going to reevaluate things at about t- after 10 games of like tangible data to say like, okay, what's working? What isn't working? What do we need to change up? So maybe we see Larry Mark and shifted to the bench and Isaac Okora bumped into the starting lineup. And also what you just heard there is after 10 games, uh, we're going to do a pod just on that starting lineup and look at the data and do the same thing and go through that exercise and we'll have some fun with it. And Justin Warren will probably tweet uh, misleading statistics at us. But anyway, Evan, MVP of the night or sorry, play of the night, excuse me. Well, we already did it. Well, step play of the night. Well, I think there's I I one obvious. I have pick, my, I have and then I there's have one a, that I have I really a very like. Chris Manning pick, a very Chris Manning pick that we're that I'll do, but I want you to go first. Well, mine was when Larry Markin was cutting along the baseline, and Evan Mo- it was like I think it was either Darius Garland to Evan Mobley, and Evan Mobley's just so gosh dang good at passing from the elbow again. MVP MVP potential in a few years here, folks. But like the passing is something I didn't expect. And he threw up a lob to Markinen and it looked so effortless and so fluid and it didn't feel clunky. And I'm just still thinking like you, like, man, I really want to see Kevin Love and Evan Mobley in a pick and roll. But that's my play of the night pick. Like that was just a really fun play. And I'm just like, okay, yeah, this is another tone setter for the Cavs. And Larry Markinen is actually using his size for once. So win win. I think Markinen's poster is an obvious pick. But my pick, Isaac Okoro, fourth quarter, of course, nine forty-four ish left to play. He's one on one against Austin Rivers, and he gobbled him up twice in a row. Absolutely gobbled him yeah, up. Yeah, the back-to-back blocks just was a good boy. My that's a really good, good lord. Pick. That man is a is just like a Venus flytrap of a defender. He just eats you he up. Also, he must have saw what Dave Zavak tweeted about him, saying that he's averaging nine points and one rebound and nothing David else. David is 
is a curmudgeon and being an absolute loser, but Isaac Okor. I'm just throwing barbs today. I don't really care anymore. I'm really just over it. Isaac Okor. Chris Good, Chris Good Vibes Manning is no, left Chris building Manning. Evan Damerell's energy Chris has Good, taken Good Vibes Manning is here. I'm just saying, like, Isaac Okor is really good, and if you don't think he's really good, and if you don't think his defense in particular is really good, the offense is obviously a work in progress. His defense is incredible, and if you do, are just downplaying that, I think you're absolutely out of your goddamn court. Um... Also, just like it's, into, I, I do like I'm watching that play back, and like when him and Mobley are on the same side of the court, and like you're attacking that, that's like really hard. That's just like, a, in my opinion, like extremely hard for offenses oh, to yeah. navigate. And uh, I don't, I don't envy teams having to like find appropriate ways to dive through that. But that's going to be it for our uh, looking at that. Uh, Again, Cavs win, go to LA for two games Wednesday against the Clippers, Friday against the Lakers. I'm next. Again, we'll be previewing. Uh, the Clippers game on our live show, and we'll take your questions later on later this evening. Uh, and Evan, we got a bill to pay though, and I think you're going to tell everyone about our friends at DirecTV. Yeah, does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends logging for that good, good. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so that you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part? There's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV. Dot com compatible device required content varies by package all right evan let's go to kevin love so i want to note this before we kind of get too deep into this um uh-huh. his numbers so far this year if you look at like the his just raw numbers on a per game basis there's they're not what you would call good right like if you look at his overall numbers for the year 11 points per game but they're not well, he's shooting either. 41, 41.2% from the field, which isn't good. Uh, and he's shooting 16.7% from three, which is also not good. The rebounding for six and a half rebounds a game. He's playing 21.5 minutes a game, which will be the lowest number of his career by far. And the lowest number um, since last year, which kind of doesn't totally count. Uh, but also since his rookie year, which is also the last year that he was a, a regular bench player. So that that's kind of where Kevin left. Well, the second year, he was kind of a bench, on the bench guy first year of his career. First year was the year he played uh, 25.3, and this is kind of the close to that if he ends up playing, you know, the full season in Cleveland and all that stuff. So I just want to ask you, I I, I think we both uh-huh. think he's playing well. I think the, the Denver game was probably yes. his best game, but I think he's been engaged enough on defense. I think he's – he. I, I think for me the key is that he's a different flavor than marketing. They, in theory, provide sort of the same stuff because they both are there to space. But I think Love has more in his toolkit – what have you made of Kevin Love so far? I think he does have a lot more in his toolkit, I think, in terms of rebounding. Kevin Love and Larry Marketing in theory are the same player, like you said, but Kevin Love kind of plays to his size with Larry Marketing doesn't. Like Kevin Love was has no problem posting up a smaller player and kind of banging them the, down the, low. The Kevin PJ, Love has no the, problem the, trying to battle. Yeah, the PJ guys. Dozier and one he had against Denver was was a clear example of yeah. that. Like you don't see Larry Marketing doing that. And also I keep stressing this. Defenses still respect the fact that Kevin Love is a good three-point shooter, and defenses don't necessarily respect that. Like, there's a defender in front of Laurie Marketing, like when he's floating around on the perimeter. But like Kevin Love, like that defender has, like maybe a secondary defender has Kevin Love's attention as well. Like their their eyes are focused on Kevin Love because he possesses 
I, it's an overblown term, but it's an accurate one, three-point gravity. Um, Kevin Love could kill you from three if you're not covering him or not making sure you keep an eye on him. And just the theoretical spacing he provides makes the life my life a hell of a lot easier for players like Evan Mobley, Colin Sexton, Terrius Cohen, what have you. And again, like you said, if he doesn't finish the season with Cleveland, this is a good way to leap into my point. Like he's being a good vibes guy. And I think that's the most refreshing thing because the last few seasons have definitely been frustrating for love. Um, there's a lot of people who wanted him gone yesterday. Uh, I think I still think in my heart of hearts, the Cavs won't trade him, but I think he'll warm up to an idea of a buyout. And then if he leaves on a good note, I think it's just a win for the organization, the organization too, because this is the last piece of this championship squad. He left on good terms and now he'll go play for Brooklyn, maybe not Portland because they're a bit of a mess right now. Um, Los Angeles, either the Clippers or the Lakers has a nice niche bench role. Like he does with Cleveland provides some shooting, maybe some playmaking. And that's the other thing, the playmaking Kevin love has as well. Like that's still such a vital skill set for him to have too. Like it's been fun, man. It's just been fun. Kind of watch this like revival of Kevin love. I hope there isn't a blow up at some point, but fingers crossed. He just kind of keeps mellow and just kind of, enjoys the enjoys the journey before they reach the destination together which i still feel like his days in cleveland are numbered but we'll see Who knows? yeah you know I, I look at this and i and i i think the it's beyond the rebounding and i think beyond sort of the ability to to post up some guards and, and at least do that the the visual of doing that effectively even if he's not making them but the clip you might expect or want him to and he hasn't for a while it's not like a this year development like in the last couple of years, the Kevin Love post up just isn't as effective as it was as perhaps his apex. It's just kind of been a thing since it came to the Cavs and and probably honestly probably since he got a little bit smaller. It's just a tangible trade off that he made to, to kind of be more yeah. svelte. But I think the other thing is that he is that that he's a is a passing threat that I think I kind of like because I don't think Markinen Markinen like has a little bit of like athletic obviously has athleticism like that dunk he had against Denver is something that Kevin Love just doesn't have Kevin Love is not going to run the floor and like yam on someone's head that's just not what he's going to do if he's in transition he's probably trailing for a three pointer someone Darius Collin whomever Ricky is going to like find him but what Kevin can do is he can you know pass you a cutter he can run some kind of crafty two-man action, particularly with Rubio. That's something you see them just kind of instinctually do. I don't think that's a call. I think they're just kind of flowing through some of that stuff on the second unit at times. I think that's where his value is kind of coming, and it gives you another bit of dynamicism. And I kind of want to see, once we get to that 10-game barometer, maybe even that 8-game barometer, I, I kind of want to see more of him in Mobley because I think there's just some really intriguing stuff you could do there. You know, I mentioned the other night, I want to see mm-hmm. a, a Mobley Kevin love pick and pop. I just kind of want to see what that would look like. I would want to even see the inverse where Kevin like maybe initiates it and it's like real tight around the elbow. And you just kind of see kind of weird stuff you could do because Kevin can make that pass. He's very capable of it. And and I think the attitude, I think the buy-in has been good so far. We need to see if it's going to persist. We need to see if it's going to, you know, if he's going to ultimately like take some games off and, and that kind of stuff. It obviously didn't happen over the weekend with a back to back and, um, but like this Kevin Love that we're seeing 20 minutes a night spacing, kind of playing in his role, sometimes playing deep into the fourth quarter, um, depending on on how the game flow is kind of going. This is the Kevin Love the Cavs can use. And obviously, like I think, you know, in a vacuum, you would still probably like to not have the contract on the books. You would still not like to have all of the, the you'd like probably like to go spend the money elsewhere. But if you have this reality, I think this has been the best case scenario for it so far, even if statistically, like I don't think his numbers are exactly like the three point shooting, for instance, like 
if Kevin Love is shoot 16% from three all year, like that's that's really bad. But if he kind of levels that out, he he gets oh, going, yeah. he's making two and a half, three a game in his minutes, or shoot like if he's taking three a game in 21 minutes and he's making one and a half, or if he can get up to four a game and is making like close to two a game, that to me is is a good outcome. That I mean, the other thing about it is like he's uh, the volume that he can sometimes have is kind of can kind of come and go a little bit. It, it can be kind of up and down. Like he's never made more on average than like 2.6, I think in a season per game. So he's never going to like hit like seven, eight, nine in his minutes. Like it's not going to get him up like that, but you could get him taking like four or five, I think in his minutes. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad utility for him. No, not at all. I think he's carving out a very useful niche role for him. I hopefully, by all accounts, he said his Achilles and his calf are fully healthy. As long as those are healthy, I think he'll be yeah. okay. Well, and this is this is the I mean, I, I, this are is comp- the twenty minute a game thing to me. This is like yep. your mid thirties. You can't play, like I, I think there's a thing that like the 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 standard of athlete where like the guys that can play all these minutes into the early thirties, LeBron. Um, is kind of being the prime example. Like those are anomalies. Like guys, it's, it's well, but even Russ has had like injury issues. LeBron has obviously had a couple as he's gotten to his later thirties. But like once guys in any sport, um, particularly sports where you're moving like this, whether it's the NBA, whether it's soccer, whether like it's you know, uh, well, well, yeah, football obviously, but like baseball, like guys will move in from playing outfield to playing like first base or DHing. Like your body just. Uh, the gym tell me approach. yeah your body just does not move in the same way and like sometimes you can be more effective in less minutes fewer appearances and like that can just be that can be oh. a strategy point and i and i think kevin so far has like been like this is a case of like maybe you play a guy less minutes and you can kind of get more out of him at this point in his career even if the price yep. tag would expect you to pay yep. much more oh yeah i mean he's the highest paid bench player in the league because john wall ain't coming back for the for the rock john wall year, highest so. paid coach in the nba It's not inaccurate, no. Um, yeah, man, it's just it's interesting to see what will happen next. I hope the good vibes continue. I think the also the added luxury of like if Kevin Love doesn't have it on a certain night, I think it's pretty easy for JB Bickers to have to pull the hook and just like play Dean Wade or somebody else, like the minutes that Kevin may get, or maybe Jetty Osmond gets more minutes, or you just kind of sprinkle it out in the rotation. Maybe you lean heavily more on Larry Markin as well. Like again, when they drafted Mobley and traded for Markin, it became crystal clear probably to Kevin Love that he's firmly no longer in the Cavs future plans and they just kind of get the most of what they have with them and I don't know man it's just kind of nice to see that like even like some of his biggest critics are like warming up to the idea that he is just a positive impact player and I hope I can see him play on a contender before the season's end because I this Cavs team's fun now but I think once they finally hit some adversity, it's going to get bumpy for a little bit. It's a good chance it happens Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday because like LA, LA, and then Phoenix immediately after the Lakers is a pretty tough stretch for any team. Um, we'll see what happens, man. I'm just interested to see, and I just hope there's not like a Kevin Love blow up, like knock on wood that there isn't going to be one between now and when he gracefully makes his exit from Cleveland. Yeah. All right, Evan, let's take one more break. After the break, we're going to talk about the return of Darius Garland just to highlight him as he returned from his two-game absence. But first, I've got someone about our friends at BetOnline. Evan, BetOnline is the official betting partner of the Locked On Podcast Network, and they're back and better Ooh. than ever for this season. Start of the basketball season 
is here, and they have a new web interface for the start of that season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. They remain the number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, postseason baseball, World Series starts tonight. Go Braves, shots to Brad Rowland, NHL, boxing, and UFC right to your favorite Las Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage for all of the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports, and that's BetOnline where the game starts. This episode of Locked on Cavs is also brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it is now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Winder are often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer to choose the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend up to 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years, and their prices are reliably low and are for every customer. So if you're interested, go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? They know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliable low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Check them out today at rockauto.com. Okay, Evan, I'm just responding to a text about blackberries. Anyway, today's show, uh, going to Garland. Like the phone or the fruit? The fruit. That's a good shot. I was having a conversation. You, do you like blackberries? The fruit or the phone? The fruit. No one cares about the phone. Oh, like, in 2021. Dude, I would use a blackberry. They're sick. I thought they were cool in middle school, but I digress. Anyway, my friend had a BlackBerry in high school until he switched over to a iPhone because it was the all touchscreen one, and he kept sitting on it and breaking the screen. He broke like four of them or three or four of them because he kept falling asleep, like taking a nap after school, and he'd break them. And then eventually he got a Droid. And then this is the same friend who, when we saw Inception, he had a Zune, and we were talking about like your totem and stuff. And we're like, oh, he could just use his Zune because nobody ever has one of those things. Yeah, but um, yeah, that's just my one-off story for the day. But yeah, Darius Garland looked pretty dang, not dang good, but he looked good. Like he looked competent out there in his return against the Nuggets. Like a lot of players said that even JB, like it was a huge shot in the arm for them to have them back because. They view him as their floor general, and um, JV kind of paraphrased Kobe Altman, saying we now have 48 minutes of elite point guard play between him and Rookie Ricky on the floor at any given time. Um, Again, that felt should I do? We're to waiting. The, I'm waiting for. I'm waiting for someone to to drop us the money so we can get that so, off the ground. You well, know, we will not apologize for 48 minutes of elite podcasting, then, or it's not a it's not a rebuild. It's a renaissance. Yeah, or like, we have like a line or like 48 minutes of elite Lamar Stevens play. Like, there's a lot of ways we could go about this. We could have get we could give Jeff Jeff Nomina a Broderick Thomas one, you know, in memoriam. Yeah, in loving memory of Broad Tom, and just have like one of his summer league lowlights is this picture. And like drawn in like the nice homage fashion like this, mm. but yeah, I mean Darius was solid. Um, I'm 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 still waiting to see JB roll out a lineup of Darius, Isaac, either Kevin Love or Larry Markkinen, Evan Mobley, and Jared Allen. Um, I think that'd be a really fun unit to play around with. But 
I think he made a lot of smart passes, a lot of smart reads. I think he was doing a good job of keeping Colin involved in the second half because, I mean, leading up to, through the first half, Colin and Darius both were dreadful. And they just, I mean, the Nuggets were paying attention to them. Mike Malone said prior to the game, he's like, he's not too worried about the big man. He's worried about the two small guards. And I think those two were the primary focus of the uh, Nuggets' defensive efforts. And I think Darius trying to keep Colin engaged and involved, like getting him easy looks on the perimeter, like that's just encouraging. And yeah, just hopefully he keeps it up, man. Like I think the Lakers or not the Lakers, the Clippers and the Lakers both are going to be a tough task for him. Yeah, I mean certainly, I mean you'll have some some older kind of guards there. I I did like that he was take he took a couple deep threes. Um, you know the one to start the game in the first quarter. Uh, interestingly, yeah. they were both like late. That's the one I was thinking. Of. Yeah, like, that was such it, a. It, interestingly they were both late in late in quarters i don't know if that's like just a thing but like end of the first quarter end of the second quarter he took one made the first one missed the second one i also loved the um the little kind of chemistry him and mobley seemed to kind of get there's that play i think in the third quarter uh it's off of a live rebound they push the ball mobley gets the ball at the elbow he so garland brings the ball up mobley gets has the ball at the elbow garland just feeds it to him at the elbow as mobley's kind of like not quite posting but kind of is being guarded with some space Michael Porter Jr. And Garland just whips around him and catches the pass and scores. And it wasn't anything more complicated than that. It was just like, we're going to move. We're going to like try to just cr- create the, cr- see if there's a space here to create something. And it was just, we have these two guys that know what to do with the ball with their hands. And that was just kind of, I think, a good thing. And you're going to see him come around off some pin downs and stuff too. Um, well, I, I was curious to see like him, like them reset with sex and at the top of the key, Garland come around some screens and get the ball on the wing. And then like you get to make a decision from there. I think that is a really interesting thing as well. The scoring for him, I think like we're seeing like the shot profile. I haven't like gone. I'm not looking. I'm trying to keep myself from looking at like pure shot charts yet because it's so early. And I want to just kind of like see if my brain is like, my eyes are matching what ultimately weighs out. And if I'm, I'm right or I'm trying to challenge myself in that way, but I did like that. We're seeing him. I, I kind of feel like we're getting sort of the shot scoring profile for Garland. That makes some sense. Like there's a dash of the floater. There's a dash of those little runners. He likes, but it shots at the rim and it's three pointers. And I want to say, I'm curious to see if there's a game. Maybe it's not the Lakers. Maybe it's not, um, you know, the, the Clippers, although Russ is not exactly like a good defender, so maybe he's like cooking Russ off ball coming off some of the stuff. If Russ is, isn't like super engaged in that end in that game, if Russ is guarding him, but I think there's just some fun stuff. And uh, there's, there's some fun games coming up from too. I mean, like the Clippers game you mentioned, but like, I mean, you know, him going against Chris Paul, the the, him against Chris Paul, like Chris Paul is the absolute smartest point guard defender in the league, maybe of all time. And like, I just, it'll be fun to see DG just kind of navigate that in, in real time. Yeah, it'll be fun. I mean, Chris Paul's nickname is also the point god. So No, I'm not expecting him to like win that match. I'm just saying I think it's like fun to see him like have to navigate. Oh, no. I just like when a guy is young and you think he's gonna have like a breakout year, it's fun to see them have to navigate some of these like really high profile matchups. It's just kind of fun. Like it'll be really fun when like if anytime Mobley is like playing against like Anthony Davis on Friday, like that is gonna be really interesting to watch. Like anytime he's playing against, you know, like um like Carl Anthony Towns later in the year or something like that, like that is really fun. Or like he gets guarded by Bam at some point. Like that'll be cool to me. Like all that stuff is just really, really fun. It's a little microcosm of the. Oh, it's going to be super, super cool. And speaking of Chris Paul, um, something I want to ask you is this was at a loss to Portland, but this was a pretty common theme at times last year with the Suns. Um, would you like consider it a win? Let's say, cause like Chris Paul, like, yes, they lost to the Blazers. They got obliterated by the Blazers, but this is common where he hardly scores. He's, four points on two of five shooting, but the biggest win is the 11 assists and the one steal. Would you be encouraged if Darius has nights like that? Like you're saying like, okay, 
this is a good trajectory for him too, where his shots not falling or maybe the buckets aren't going, but he's just looking to get everyone else involved instead. I mean, obviously that's like a no dub or would you expect him to have more at this point? And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it kind of gives me vibes of watching Darius play sometimes of the one Mike Brown year with Kyrie mm-hmm. Irving, where Kyrie wasn't looking to score right away all the time. He was looking to get everybody else involved. And then Kyrie started to snowball and build momentum like late in third, heading into the fourth. And then that's when he would take the game over. Like I'm starting to get the same vibes from Darius because he's not really looking to shoot a ton. Like you said, like they're deep in the first quarters when he took that uh, awesome three pointer, like late in the second quarters when he took another one as well. Like he, he obviously is trying to keep himself involved and keep a rhythm, but he's looking more so to build cadence of the rest of his teammates. Like, would you be encouraged if he's playing like that too? Yes, because I, th- and I particularly if like, I want to see how it correlate to, um, offensive rating if like there's a game where like last night he had he would hit uh think seven assists against three turnovers i think yes yeah, so seven assists yeah. and three turnovers took nine shots had nine points so the Cavs' offensive rating according to cleaning the glass was 106.6 that's a little below uh like the 50 percent percentile but like for their stand and it's below their standards for this year but like that's a number that for them like it's a little it's just actually like it's like 0.6 below what like league average is right now so like you don't feel yeah super terrible about that and like it's a early season we'll see where the Cavs offense actually lands once we get like 20 or so games in and and even 10 games in and just kind of kind of weigh that date a little bit with more kind of gravitas behind it but I I think it's it's not a especially for a team that has mouse to feed right like Evan you know you want to get Jared Allen like a, a clear part of what this team is doing is getting Jared Allen easy shots and getting him dunks and getting him finishes at the rim uh they want to get Evan Mobley in shots to be successful. Colin Sexton's utility is, to, is is clearly being set up to be, we're going to set you up, let you do some one-on-one cooking sometime, let you do Colin Sexton things, but we're also going to try to get you in spots where you can then score even more efficiently than you were before. And like that's the kind of role that Darius and Ricky really have on their shoulders. And if Darius is the guy playing 30-some minutes a night, he's the one having to set a lot of this up, yeah, I, I think that's absolutely an acceptable thing. And I, but I want to see if I also do want to see if we could get like a 35 point night from him at some point. I want to see if he could have that kind of like, I think five three pointer heavy free throw kind of night, you know, like not like not quite like maybe like the jaw has like a little bit of a clear path to like 40 and 10 games. You know, jaw had that really nice 40 and 10 game against the Lakers. He just kind of has that scoring role and scoring mentality that Darius is, I think, wired a little bit differently, and he just doesn't have the explosiveness to kind of go at the rim as much as Ja might, but I want to see if maybe we could get a 30 and like eight Darius game at some point and like what kind of context that would kind of come in. That would be really interesting. Yeah, I think I absolutely agree with that. And I think he's fully capable of doing things like that too. That's the other encouraging thing. Like you have full faith in his ability to pull off moves and the capability to just kind of take over the games like that. Like, I don't know. I think a lot of it too is like you saw like Ricky and Jarrett pointed this out the other day. The Cavs are still trying to figure out this offense. They're maybe playing one step ahead. I think some of the players are starting to settle in a little bit more, but Darius has a little bit of catching up to you because he missed uh, two games with the Cavs. So like he's a little bit behind. So I think once he settles in as well and kind of finds his comfort, his familiarity with his teammates and finds his cadence, I think he's fully capable of like being a 20 and seven guy on a night to night basis. Yeah. 
Uh, also, link. there's a very good uh, thread from Steve Jones about this game. Uh, Steve Jones is probably one of the best, if not the best, kind of film follow on Twitter.com. I'll link that in the show notes. Oh, he's so Yeah, awesome. he's he, uh, his podcast, The Dunker Spot with Nakaias Duncan, is also very good. So check that out. I was just flipping through this earlier this morning. So I'll link that below if you want some more stuff. Um, and we'll be back on live stream, 8.30 p.m. Uh, tentatively is the time. We'll hop live, and then we'll go for 30 minutes. We're going to just a 30-minute one, kind of contain ourselves, and then you can hear me on 92.3 again. Uh, 20 minutes later, if you want to hear me more me talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers, a professional basketball team that that exists. But I'm Chris Manning. Find me on Twitter at CDMMRights. Find Evan on Twitter at AmNotEvan. We'll be back uh, th- with our live show. And then on Thursday, probably later situation like this as well, after the Cavs play the Clippers. Uh, and we'll we'll get you through the rest of this, this week here covering all things Cavs basketball. Until next time, I'm Chris. He's Evan. Have a good one. Peace.